0: Structurally on chain it's not a bear market setup even though i would say we're at peak fear like no doubt about it people are really scared um, which typically is it's an opportunity to buy
1: hello there how are you all doing welcome to the what bitcoin did podcast which is brought to you by gemini the only place i am using for buying bitcoin i'm your host peter mccormack And before we get into the interview today, I have a quick message from my show sponsors. This show is brought to you by Gemini, who I am now using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. And you know what? We're coming up to a year, and I've still not sold a single sat through Gemini. I am only buying Bitcoin. I am a hodler. That's all I'm doing. Now, I have been using the Gemini app for buying the dips, but I've also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin, and I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. With a streamlined training view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand Bitcoin and start investing, all through one clear, attractive interface and Gemini are running a special offer for listeners of what Bitcoin did. All you need to do is head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD, and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade $100 or more on Gemini. Now, if you want to find out more, please do head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD. That is G-E-M-I-N-I.com forward slash WBD. Next up, we have my new sponsor to the show, which is Level, a company finally delivering on the promise of a Bitcoin bank. Yes, a bank on your phone where you can deposit, spend, and hold Bitcoin, and you can also do this alongside a traditional dollar checking account. You can deposit your payroll into your account as a US user, and you can even spend your Bitcoin from your account via your MasterCard debit card. I have been testing it out. I've been playing with the app, and it is everything I've ever wanted from personal banking, And there's so many more updates coming. They've got some big updates coming in February. So keep an eye out for that. Now, if you do want to find out more, if you want to go and check it out, please head over to Level, which is LVL.co, or search for Level, which is LVL, in the Google or Apple app stores. Also, we have sportsbet.io, the very best place for online gaming because they're badasses and they accept Bitcoin. Now we are well into the football season, and you know what? Things are going all right. It's been a pretty good season so far for Liverpool. Tottenham struggling as ever. We always like it that way. Now, if you are interested in football, if you do want to make a bet, and if you want to use your Bitcoin, then sportsbet.io is the place to go. But they don't just cover football. They also cover tennis, motorsports, US sports. They even cover esports. And for new customers, they always have a range of promotions available. So if you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O forward slash promotions. Next up is Compass Mining and Compass aren't just a sponsor. I'm a customer of theirs, and I am mining Bitcoin with them. Do you know what? I've been mining for over three months with them now? I've mined about 0.4 of Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. I'm going to try and do updates on this every month. But with the price of where Bitcoin is, I'm approaching having, I think, about a third of my mining equipment paid off. I love that I'm mining again, because Compass has made it accessible to anyone as a Bitcoiner to get out there and start mining and contribute to the decentralized growth of the hash rate. It was so easy to get onboarded, and anyone can do it. You just pick your machines, choose your hosting facility, and Compass does everything else for you. Now, if you want to find out more, if you want to start mining, please head over to compassmining.io, which is compassminin dot I-O. Should I be buying Bitcoin, Willie? Yeah, you
0: should. I of course should you should.
1: Happy New Year, in. man! Yeah. Oh, that's a bold
0: statement. Are we, to start. Are we, bo- wait, wait, are we recording? That's not meant We're to go recording. Out. I don't. Pe- I'm not a. I'm not a freaking oracle.
1: I never seen that. Were, you just said it. The bottom's in. <laughs> I'm holding you to it. This is going out, man. So what was the bottom? 33 k.
0: Um. Yeah, something like that. It it depends on what. Um. Oh, looking at this. Yeah, thirty-two point nine. Yeah, yeah. That was the bottom. Um, that we've had recently, um, so yeah, Arthur,
1: that's... did you, re- did you read, uh, Arthur's medium post?
0: Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I was sent, to uh, something he said in a, in a, in a channel somewhere, but I don't know if it was what was in his, um, medium channel. What was that?
1: He said, have some dry powder ready. He said at some point there will be the capitulation event, the point of ultimate pain. And that's when, when you need to be ready to buy.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. That's I saw that someone forwarded it to me in some sort of chat channel he was in. Um, He's saying he could feel it. It's gonna be like the final wick down. Of course, he would know because you know with all those BitMEX times, um, which was largely responsible for those capitulation candles. um, Yeah, he would know. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think um, it's looking that bad right now.
1: Nothing makes sense anymore, Louis.
0: It's uh, it's you know it keeps changing, right? Uh, <laughs> like um, we're in a, in a, I think a pretty crappy situation if you're um, like an old timer Bitcoiner who's purist and you know it's about um, you know it's about freedom, liberty, cypherpunk. um, and you know it's it's like now it's becoming very very financialized. Uh, we've had the ETFs you know, plural, multiple ETFs being released in the U.S., but they're not spot ETFs, they're, they're futures ETFs. So they're back onto the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Um, so the CMEs are already now getting huge volumes and it's given these institutional um, traders a, a venue to, um, you know, trade on. Like if it's risk-off, wow, it's great to... Sell down on Bitcoin because it's almost a leverage trade on risk off because it crashes when it's risk off. When it's risk on, it goes up, right? So, um, it's, and it's this kind of funny phase where, like, it, it kind of reminds me of twenty mid twenty nineteen to late twenty twenty, where you remember we like, it was trading. It sort of pumped to fourteen thousand very quickly from our bottoms of three to four, and and then it sort of went sideways through
1: Bitcoin twenty nineteen.
0: Yeah, twenty nineteen. It was like it was just this euphoric sort of recovery from a three thousand bottom, three and a half thousand bottom. And then um in a very short, you know, run of things, um, I think that was that was highly manipulated short squeezing that got it up there. And then we had a plus token sort of scam, scam billions of dollars, and they were dumping all their ill-gotten gains onto the market. And so hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand bitcoins were being dumped, maybe more. Um, and so that marked the 14,000 top. And then we were in this sideways chop, 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 downwards from 14,000 to 10 to, you know, down to six and a half and, and then it went up again. And then we got a little bit euphoric and then COVID happened and it flipped down. And then um, we got into this, you know, the whole world changed with and everyone went risk-off for a while. Um, We looked at gold as a safe haven. Um, Bitcoin was being lambasted as a failed safe haven, and all it did was trade this correlation with equities. And, um, you know, and it it was kind of like now, right? It's like in this trapped sideways band where it's just trading this correlation of risk-on, risk-off from macro traders looking at traditional stocks. And, um, you know, back in 2019, 2020, like if you looked on chain what the investors were doing, they were accumulating, but you just couldn't see any impact on price because the price was really dictated by um, traders on the futures exchanges. And now that we're much more dominant in um, futures trading, particularly from institutions um, on these regulated um, or the regulated exchange, um, the CME, um, with huge volumes now going through it, um, The price of Bitcoin is not like, um, doesn't really reflect what HODLers are doing so much. Um, Some sort of impact, but it's kind of like five times or more diluted from where we might have been maybe, you know, early part of last year, where there was a lot of spot buying and that just would determine the price. So um, yeah, it's kind of a weird phase right now. And it's... It's um the market's restructuring is what I say. Um, like the amount of um, sell-off we had from sixty-nine thousand to what was that, thirty-two point nine K, like wow, there was like there was not much hodlers selling, I tell you. There was just risk off sell down from futures exchanges and that those traders <clears throat> led the price. They were dumping their futures, their quarterly futures and um and eventually, the, the 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 hodlers started selling down, um, like so ever so slightly. And it was quite different from what happened in May. Um, in May, you could kind of predict it, right? You could see the hodlers were starting to dump, and those hodlers were a lot of those guys that were buying in, um, you know, new hedge funds, institutional money, family offices. They were buying in um, from that breakout from twenty thousand all the way up to fifty. Fifty to 60,000. There was a huge amount of buying that was underlying um, spot buying, taking those coins off the exchanges, putting into cold storage for long-term investment. And um, it seems like a lot of those guys sold off and dumped in May. Um, And you could see that coming. But here, very little people sold. It was a very gradual slide down on on on-chain demand and Yet the price was sliding and kept sliding, and it was led by the futures, um, which was different from what we normally see, which is the you know the on-chain demand supply tends to lead um, the price action. Um, mm. So it's one of these weird times, and you know, I'm kind of interested to see what you know what the structure sort of looks like and how the dynamics work between all the different participants. Now that we've got futures ETFs here and um,
1: you're basically saying like the financialization of Bitcoin into the mainstream has essentially changed the the structure of the market.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Like the way that the price is behaving right now is so different from where it was, um, <clears throat> you know, in the first half of last year. Um, and and yeah, it's it's changed so many times though. Yeah, you know, that this is like, I I feel like it's like you know coming out of the thirty thousand bottom. That was like sort of June, July. Um, that rally was quite different um, from others, and I think that was a transition where, you know, in that rally upwards, that was when um, the spot, uh, so the futures ETF started to go live. Um, so this is just as my view on it, just seeing how the price is being impacted by um, <clears throat> in relation to what the futures are doing um just looking at the two different movements and that the it's like the weighting's gone towards the futures a lot more now um and the only f- difference that's that I can account for in between that time is um the, the 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 ETFs that went live in between that that time you know from the last bottom to now
1: are those uh, futures ETFs bad bad them for bitcoin
0: yep i think so um, you do. and we don't need them, right? You can buy Bitcoin. Retail can buy Bitcoin on Square Cash App, right? On on mm. Kraken, Gemini, Coinbase, you know, Binance. Any 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 exchange you can buy it on. Um, there's no need for an ETF. The only interface into um, you know, like the the argument for ETFs is to to um, <clears throat> it's easy access for for um, Effectively, the stock traders, right? The um, you know, and you might say that might be like the older generation, Gen X's, the Boomers. That have, you know, they call up their brokers and, and whatnot. But in reality, I think um, it's um, it's it's a very good instrument. This the futures ETF. Um, if you're an institutional trader, because it's it's fully regulated, you can either trade the CME or you can trade. The, the equities, but if you're going to buy Bitcoin to hold, you'd be an idiot to buy the, the, the ETF that's currently structured, right? because it's so expensive to hold it. Um, mm. Just the way it's structured, you're paying, um, what is it like, you might be losing 15% per year by holding that um, because you're buying futures and futures is effectively um, holding Bitcoin by renting the house rather than buying the house.
1: Would a spot ETF change that then?
0: Yeah, it's a lot better. Like the rent you pay on that might be half a percent instead of like 15% um, per year.
1: But would the spot ETF take volume away from the futures ETF because they've got an alternative and better product?
0: Uh, I don't know if it would take much volume because it would attract the hodlers. You you know, a spot ETF you would buy and you'd be comfortable holding that and paying your management fee of half a percent per year. you know, like Grayscale, you pay pay a management fee of what, an eye gouging 2%, which is highly ridiculous um, given the size of that that instrument. Um, But then if you're doing um, like a futures ETF instrument, you might be 10, it depends on how bullish the market is, might be 10, 15, even 20, sometimes it goes to 30% um, annualised to to hold that. Um, And so um it's, it's great if you're an institutional trader that's in for a three-day trade or a one-hour trade or a five-minute trade because you don't care about the rent um, at that point. But um, if you're hodling, that's critical. Um, you know, Bitcoin's got to now appreciate at you know, 10 20% per year just so that you break even um, versus holding Bitcoin through an ETF versus holding Bitcoin under cold storage yourself, right? So, mm. um, so I mean, yeah, like it's the most expensive is a futures ETF. The next would be a spot ETF. Um, the next would be buying the underlying Bitcoin under a custodian solution. They might charge 20 bips, like 0.2% per year to hold it for you. And then finally you, you can take the private keys under your own hands, which doesn't cost you anything. Um,
1: yeah it's a really big question man. Could we be going into a bear market? Could we be in a bear market uh,
0: not um if the past repeats right Every time we've seen long term holders um, holding most of the coins um you know it's it's structurally set up for it to run upwards. Um, bear markets happen when everyone who's holding the coins are noobs um and when you say like long term versus noobs, it's basically how long have those those coins been um, aged in a wallet? So if you look across all the wallets on <clears throat> on the on the blockchain, and and you go look, let's what's how old are these coins before they move? How long have they been sitting in these wallets? You know, it goes through cycles and these tight cycles where um, you know, most of the coins have been sitting there for more than five months. Um, It's a very strong setup, which is what we've got now. It's at peak levels of um, these coins. The coins across um, all of the the network have been sitting there, most of them, for more than um, five months, and people who do that... I've held on for five months, I'm not selling, I'm mm. not selling at a loss. They will sell when there's profit be had and you'll see that whenever it breaks out of like all time highs and does a really strong rally, those guys that have been holding for five months start to take the money and they, they take cash um, that's available, you know, they cash out, they take the profit and eventually um, new guys that are coming in to buy the um, buy the rally, they're the new guys. And, you know, they want to get rich too. They're
1: the bag holders. And the other
0: well, you know, they're the bag holders. But what they what typically happens is um, it's very vulnerable to a bear market because some of them sell, right? They sell. Mm. Um, like the 2018 beer was at peak, new guys holding the coins. And you the cycle repeats. Those new guys either sell or the ones that don't become hardened hodlers and they sell on the next rally when it goes even higher. So it's just like old hands um, are out. New hands become old hands and it's, it's back and forth. And we're in the old hand situation. We went rallying from 30,000 to um, 69 and we did see a little bit of sell down from those five month old holders and they took some profit. And then as it sort of crashed down, like no, let's say slide. It wasn't a crash, it was slid down, slid down. They, you know, lo and behold, around about 40,000 low 40s, they just stopped selling. Um, They've stopped selling for actually a number of weeks now. And actually they're they're now like, you could say they're accumulating or in other words, some of the new guys have sort of aged to the five-month zone and they're becoming old hands. So those guys, um, as equilibrium, that cohort is now gaining. And so it's actually strengthening again so it's not a um, you know structurally on chain it's not a bear market setup even though i would say we're at peak fear like no doubt about it people are really scared um, which typically is the time to like you know like it's an opportunity to buy um, and like you don't often get this kind of pullback um, without it like relief bouncing even um, you know it's not you don't sort of slide 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 and then and then capitulate um, with you know we can we've come down from um, 60 69 to 33 mm. and it'd be hard pressed to capitulate from 33 down to say 20 because that's like um, retracing something like a 2018 bear market over two, two, two and a half months instead of a year, right? Mm. Um, so, anyway, like structurally, it's very, very strong, and demand started to come back in. Um, the hodlers that were slightly being um, despirited dis- by the, the futures traders selling down have, have um, stopped selling. They're rebounding now, and there's accumulation coming. The whales are now, um, and when I say whales, these are guys with more than 1,000 Bitcoins. So uh, I term a lot of those guys as potentially institutional um, investors, they are starting to um, flick over to buying, right? they, They peaked their selling in December. So you could say institutions were selling down in December, which is kind of a part of their normal cycle. They sell down, they redeploy in January looks like that started. Um, The whales are coming in, um, the futures, um, you know, coming off the CME and ETF and, you know, all the other um, futures exchanges, but I primarily think that the CME and this futures ETF drives a lot of this now. Um, That demand started to come in. It started to come in a few days ago. Mm. So, um, yeah, like, most of this week, demand started to come in, and for weeks on end it was just toxic it was just no demand it was like um, divestment 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 um, so like yeah, it's it seems pretty um cheap right now um
1: it takes me back to the uh the downhill super cycle thing we talked about that last time and one of the things you talked about is that you know one of the things that might be is that cycles are lengthening so rather than having yeah, you know, what we expected was a run-up at the end of the year, cash out in January, pay the taxes, and then uh, a bear market uh, for the next two and a half years and go again. It feels like this whole cycle could be one that's lengthening and perhaps it's, you know, the, the bull market itself, which is normally about a year, is perhaps maybe two, two and a half years, and then a longer bear market afterwards. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't know what the super cycle means because I haven't actually read his article. Someone told me I have got the wrong idea about the super cycle. It is actually based on price. Is it based on price? Something like that. We go. Well, he
1: said the super cycle would, would be if we didn't, I think, didn't drop below 50% on the drawdown, which is, you know, ish. Uh, and, you know, we immediately rallied. It was something around like that. But okay. last time I spoke to him, he said, really, what he's looking at is he thinks perhaps it's that the cycles are lengthening which kind of makes sense because if we don't do an 80%, you know, we've had a 50 odd percent drawdown. If we don't go to 80% drawdown, then that kind of makes sense. Cause if we're not going to go down, you know, if it's, whether it's sideways or up, there is a lengthening cycle.
0: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I've said that this is the last cycle, which is the end of the four year cyclical um, thing that we're used to based on the halvening. Um, and now we're in for shortened cycles, just to be contrarian. Um, well, we had a cycle starting May um, and that was run down and we had another cycle that started in sort of, what was it? It was like uh, November as we sold down through December into January. Um, so six-month cycles. <laughs> but that's it. Like um, that's the, the, the last cycle is random, like kind of random warps of demand and supply upwards um, to the final price discovery. Um, so I that's don't like think a film. I don't think the yeah. last cycle. <laughs> the last cycle, right? Yeah. The last cycle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just basic um, demand supply dynamics between all the the industry right now is much more complex, and it's not governed by just the miners who were the only supply side. Um, you know, you've got a lot of supply side. The, the futures ETF is supply side. Like you're holding the ETF, while you're paying rent, and that's 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 earned by the landlord of the ETF, and that's being dumped on the market, that's supply-side. Grayscale, you know, Barry Silbert, he's supply-side and makes 2% on that 650,000 Bitcoins sitting in his ETF. Um, there's a lot of supply-side that sort of um, is uh, more than um, more than um, making up for what the the miners um, used to do. And, the, and then the miners are now less. Supply side, you know, they're like some of them now becoming public companies and they don't sell because that's the whole point. That they, they, they're um, their investors are effectively investing in them for their Bitcoin holdings as they mine it for cheaper than buying it off the exchanges. So, um, yeah, it's, it's changing. Um, so, yeah, no more four year cycles. And also, it means, you know, we, we we're experiencing up to 60% drawdowns. Um, but at least that's over two to three months instead of a year or you know what or, you know I I my first bear market was the 2014 bear market and that was the longest in Bitcoin's history you know that was like nuclear winter it was so so long for that to be over um, so um, you yeah, know two to three months it's pretty it's pretty good
1: is it making making your job must be making your job a lot harder then.
0: Yeah, it, it is, right? Like, well, I do on-chain predominantly, but really I've really now have to just do much more work on um, what's happening on derivative markets. Um, and that that's starting to, that's that's always been good for short term and, you know, breeding when these crazy wicks are going to happen. And uh, but now, like, what we've just seen is a very long-term move that's been two and a half months that was, Driven by derivatives coming from, you know, like these longer-term swing traders, which I think are institutional, um, you know, buying these these quarterly contracts that expire in six months, and the yeah, it's it's definitely <clears throat> a different dynamic. Um, lot you can't just be blind and just blind to like um, the derivative markets and all the other parts of the ecosystem. Um, you know options, and that's another area as well. So um, it, it's just you've got to take into account all of it. Now it's so macro focused, so there's more of that. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot more tricky. But this is what you expect when a market matures. Um, it's like it's yeah. It's just it's it's like very difficult to get an edge on say an equity market where it's matured over 100 and something years, maybe 200 years. Um, like, like I was just talking to a, like a traditional TradFi quant firm and, you know, like we we're all talking last year about this time about the cash and carry trade. I remember plan B was talking about it, how you can get a good 15, 20, 25% yield off Bitcoin. But if you buy Bitcoin, you can get that amount of yield from it. Even if you don't want Bitcoin, you can buy it, you sell the futures and you can get that yield on USD. Um, and like that trade doesn't work in traditional markets. It's it's like it's been it's been pushed down to nothingness. And like that's happening in Bitcoin too, right? We we used to get some pretty phenomenal yields. Um, like some some of the really good quant firms were doing maybe um, getting up to eighty to one hundred percent annualized. Um, over the first half of um, last year. And since, say, mid mid midway through this year, that stuff's collapsed down to maybe 40%. Um, so it's halved, and you can see the correlations between a lot of different instruments getting tighter as the inefficiency has been sucked out of the market. So I think that that trade, which everyone was excited about, um, I mean, Preston Pish was saying, yeah, that's like a... That's going to be a really big um, sort of black hole to drive capital in. I mean, that that kind of stuff is starting to, you know, um, get more and more efficient. Eventually, it'll be not worth doing. Um, it'll be very only the best people can make money off that.
1: Makes it super tricky for new people coming in, and I I think even more so than it's Like, if you're coming in now, don't try and be a trader in this because it's a tricky market to trade. It's I think there's more evidence now for new people coming into. DCN and HODL and just like, ride this out. You know, I, but my advice Will, is always like, listen, every every Bitcoin you buy or all the sets you buy, you should be thinking about holding them for a minimum of four years and not thinking about the price because it's so easy now to come in and the price drop or the price go up and have no idea where we're going.
0: And yeah, even that statement, it's like it was based on an old dynamic where we were a four-year yeah. cycle, you'd be in the bull again. Whereas that, I don't think that holds true anymore. But yeah, certainly long term is the way because if you're holding, you're immune to being squeezed out of the trade. Um, but, you know, like this is one of the, I mean, this is a Bitcoin channel. Um, and of course we hate altcoins, but like um, You don't hate channel, altcoins. I don't, but I'm just saying this channel is generally, um, the, the thing is with altcoins is that they're very easy to trade <laughs> because they're not efficient. Right, and so they they obey technicals very very well, um, and once it's rallying, it, those things can go to the moon because there's no real um, well developed futures market take the heat out of the market, so they'll go fully exponential and they'll fully collapse like Bitcoin used to do before futures um, futures instruments. So, and then if you're an NFT trader, well, hell, it's like going back uh, maybe like, seven years in trading Bitcoin because it's just, like, to the moon, right? So there's always new instruments. And I see a lot of the Gen Zs and the younger crew with um, somewhat maybe less capital. Um, If you want to, like, trade and do all that stuff, certainly um, these, these altcoin markets are a good way to learn. Like, you know, I used to, like, when I was learning to trade on crypto, it was like it was Poloniex was the day, right? And they had all these markets, maybe 100, 120 markets. And right at the top was the Bitcoin um, USD pair, USDT pair. And then below that, there was the um, Ethereum Bitcoin pair, I think. Um, yeah, it was like, and then below that was some big cap, but it would go all the way down to rank 120 to some tiny little shitcoin and um and you could just it's the whole thing was a casino right the the big league was uh, ETH BTC right That was sophisticated trading and then you could go all the way down to the little shitcoin penny penny coin type um um table and trade that and you just know that like the big sharks aren't going to be bothered to try and win you know a tiny bit of capital on that money, because it's not liquid enough there's not enough money at stake so um I think that still holds true now with like the like eight thousand altcoin markets. We was it? I don't know what it is. What does CoinGecko have? <laughs> it's like is it must be ten thousand
1: altcoin market cap now? Solano's had a Solano's been savage from its uh, yeah upper point. What's quite interesting is in in comparing the charts of these uh, shitcoins to Bitcoin is like um, they seem to like they they seem to have had just like one big spike and then they're coming back down. They kind of looks very similar to, like you say, what Bitcoin used to be, whereas Bitcoin's kind of gone, it went up, then it came down, then it went slightly higher and it's come down again. But there's not like a complete correlation between them, but Solano's down to, what, $80, 93 from a top of, what, like 250
0: Man, if you go up that, like from $2 to $250 in one, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, exp- if you're gonna get like more than 100x in one year, you've got to expect, um, get you know, that's not that big a retrace after you've done 100x,
1: right? But it, for the individual, it depends when they get in. It's okay for the people who get in at two dollars,
0: yeah. Well, like you know, bitcoin was like that in 20, um, 2012, 2011. Um, do you remember the, the double pump and then it came back to and then like it was or even what, $1,200 to $150. Um, and then it did a and, um, 130X or something like that from 2015 to 2017. So like Bitcoin's no different, but now it's very different, right? Because the difference between a, a, a shitcoin, like a tiny little shitcoin market and, um, and like Bitcoin is that, is effectively the ability for a trader, to sell what they haven't got today um, from the future from these futures markets. So as it's rallying, I will, I can sell it. I can sell it. Um, and um, and so when you can't sell it, then there's no demand and supply. It's just demand with no one really wanting to sell, and the thing goes exponential, and you get this parabolic, um, like like. Um, you know, I see parabolic Trav, who was well known back in that era to really call these parabolic curves, but it's pretty difficult now because mm. Bitcoin doesn't do parabolics, it does straight lines. Um, it's because it these fundamental, um, you know, new instruments have come in to, you know, impact the demand and supply. So, uh, yeah, we were, it's a different era. But if you're trading these little tiny low cap coins, um, it, it's kind of like the early days of Bitcoin. Um, not recommending, like, oh, actually, I like if you want to really know how markets work, put a few bucks on the line and learn how to learn how these markets work. Um, Trading is actually a good experience. Just don't put big money in there because you're gonna lose um, unless you're really good.
1: Doggy Coin looks rough, man. That peaked at where was it May the seventh at like. Looked like it hit about 70 cents and it's down to like 13.
0: It looks like it's, um, the Elon Musk thing is not, um, but you know, I'm looking at it on a log chart across, um, maybe eight years and it's not doing too bad. It's a, it's looks like Ethereum, you know, it's like, gosh, when I got into Bitcoin, like, um, well, yeah, it was like when it was worth, um, you know, 0.04 of a penny, and now it's worth 14 pennies or something like that, so.
1: Yeah, but if they got, it's like, again, it depends when you get
0: in. I know, it's like, if you got in on the, like, on the Elon Musk shilling, then you would have been wrecked, Um but I don't know, it's, um it's it's an interesting thing is like I, I think that like you know if you were to talk to family officers, you know they may ma- manage a hundred million dollars of you know high net worth family and f- and friends money. Um, you ask them what they're invested in, they'll say Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of them will say a Solana. Um, they might um, you know quote you know Avalanche. They might quote some of the top twenty coins, and um, that tells me that. Um, plan B stock-to-flow um, model isn't capturing the full situation. It's a very maximalist view on, um, like, Bitcoin, and that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency to get as- exposure to a digital scarcity. And when, in fact, um, Ethereum came along, and then now in this this kind of bull market since um, 2021, um You've got Solana that's come in, Um, Cardano's really taken a lot, Um, Polkadot, Avalanche, all these other coins, and um, the people of money are deploying into it, where they would have just bought Bitcoin when it was just Bitcoin. So if you look at the stock-to-flow cross model, all right, and what that is, is um, along the um, x-axis is um, how scarce it is. So he, he measures that by um, stock-to-flow, effectively the inflation rate, how much new supply is coming in, like for real estate, how many new buildings are being built. Um, for gold, how much are we mining it, silver, same. And then you look at the total market cap on the vertical. And lo and behold, his, his cross model shows Bitcoin early stage, and each halvening, it's sitting on this trend line, and there's silver. And then there's gold, and I believe there's real estate, and he's put diamonds in there. And it's just a straight line upwards going, okay, and that's why this is gonna be the price of Bitcoin. Um, but actually the last two clusters for Bitcoin, um, post the 20, I think, what was it, 2015 halvening, it started to deviate downwards. So did it the 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 latest halvening we had in 2019. Um, it's even further deviated down. What happened in 2015? Ethereum came out, the first um, cryptocurrency that actually um, got a lot of liquidity and a lot of people did deploy money into it and it was competing against Bitcoin. So money did come out of the Bitcoin um, bucket into the Ethereum bucket. Or another way you could say it is the bucket is not Bitcoin or Ethereum, the bucket is called crypto assets, crypto properties, online you know, digital property and now it's being split. So we suddenly had new flow coming in. Ethereum came in and increased the inflation rate of the entire bucket. And then now in 2019, we've had much bigger cap coins that have come in to compete. And you can see that deviation coming downwards. So I think stock to flow works. I just think that it's too maximalist in a viewpoint in that um, there are hedge funds and family offices and individuals that are deploying into this stuff and um, the vertical is not Bitcoin. It, it's crypto assets as a whole bucket. And I think if you correct for that, I think it'll be on the, that trend line. Um, so it's pretty hard to figure out what the flow is when they're not the same thing. You know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, that, that like or Solana, they're different things. So how do you judge the flow? But um, I think if you can do that, it would be right on the stock-to-flow trend line.
1: Before we carry on with the interview, I do have a quick message from my show sponsors. This show is brought to you by BCB Group, who provide online business banking for companies in the Bitcoin industry. And yes, I am now a customer of BCB Two. They heard about my difficulty with finding a bank, a reliable one that understands Bitcoin, and they reached out to me. So I've moved all my business banking across to BCB. And you know what? I could not be happier. It is so nice to finally be dealing with a bank which understands my business and understands Bitcoin and isn't putting hurdles in my way. BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds, and miners active in the UK and Europe, but they are now expanding globally. And they also have this amazing fiat network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients for all supported currencies. Now listen, I know some of you have had some trouble with this. If you are looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you want to become a BCB customer. If you want to find out, then please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. Next up, we've got Ledger the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now a hardware wallet allows you as a Bitcoiner to take custody of your Bitcoin. And I have been a Ledger customer since early 2017. It's over four years now and I'm still using that same Nano S I bought back then. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Live software, which interfaces with your device. And you can even connect your Nano S to your Android phone to manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Next up is BlockFi. Now you can get up to $250 in Bitcoin when you join BlockFi. They've launched their BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. And for people in the US who own or are interested in owning Bitcoin or stacking more sats, then the BlockFi Rewards Credit Card provides the easiest way for you to earn more Bitcoin because you get 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every purchase with no annual fee. It is the smartest way to stack sats with Bitcoin rewards and every purchase. But if you're interested in finding out more and you do want to take out that bonus, you want to get that $250 in Bitcoin, then please head over to BlockFi.com forward slash Peter, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com forward slash Peter. Next up, it's Casa, the safest way to store your Bitcoin. Now, forgotten passwords, SIM swaps, phishing attacks, there are just too many ways to have your Bitcoin lost or stolen. But with Casa, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again. Because with a Carter multi-sig wallet, you get to take custody of your Bitcoin, but you only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets, ones which you get to distribute into different locations. And this is going to protect you from a range of mistakes, errors, and vulnerabilities. Now, if you want to find out more about this, I have been a customer for over a year. You can hit me up in my DMs or drop me an email. Happy to answer your questions. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Have you dabbled in the NFT stuff?
0: No, not really. I I, um, I think I'm getting too tired. <laughs> it's, too, it's like, it's just full on just working on Bitcoin. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, so it, it, I, I have you. <laughs> have you looked into it? Have you played with no. it? Um,
1: because I have no interest in owning an NFT, right? I just i don't care for it. I don't hate it. you know. People, I think people should do what they want. I have no interest in owning one. I don't have a desire to say I have this uh, bored cat or crazy donkey or whatever it is that people are buying. I just I have no desire. Um, but also, therefore, and I also have no interest in figuring out how to trade them. So like, I've got no interest in them at all. I, I can see, like, some potential value in, you know, like, if it was a ticket, but then then c- can't you just do the same with a QR code? And, I, like, I do understand that maybe, like, for certain musicians, like, if you had the NFT and it gave you, like, some benefits, like, I can see that. But, like, I'm like, are we just... are we trying to find a, sol- a problem for a solution? And so I just... And, and typically, with any of these crypto things, whether it's NFTs or ICOs, suddenly it just like sweeps across both the crypto community and wider culture and just becomes a thing. And I was in uh, Miami during Art Basel, and it was just fucking NFT stuff everywhere. And I just, I just wanted to get away from it. So like, I don't hate it. I just have no interest in it. But my thing I worry about for people who... Um, who are buying these is just as an investment cuz not that they want to own it um th- the one problem i think they've got you don't have a market sell button like even with the shit is a shitcoins you can usually market sell and get out of the trade as i see it with an nft there has to be a buyer right there's no
0: market sell yeah yeah it's it's like it's it, uh, i don't know it's like um I think it's got merit because we have an art world and people still value an art Mm. Um, and um, I think it's shown that people do recognise that a claim or ownership on something that's even digital, just say I'm the special person that has the only person that has brownie points because I have the claim on that even though, you know, everyone can enjoy it um, at the same quality you know it's 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 pro- it's proven that there's value in it. I mean, there was a experiment run. I forget the name of the artist, but he did a run of real art, and then <clears throat> he 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 issued he issued an EFT for each one of them, and so you could buy. Is that Beeple? I don't know if it was Beeple. I he did a run. He was a well known established artist. And you could either have the the physical or you could have the NFT. If the NFT was wanted, then the artwork would be destroyed. Um, And you get the NFT, vice versa, the NFT is burnt, and then you get the artwork. And it was interesting because not everyone wanted the artwork. It was significantly people wanted the NFT. Mm -hmm. So it was like there's an experiment that shows that it's proven now that that's a thing, right? Um, so um, uh, but I don't understand. I don't know how to trade it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to learn how to trade it right now. I'm too busy. And like, I remember the learning curve of Bitcoin going down that rabbit hole. It's just like, I guess if I had nothing else to do. That would be a fun um, rabbit hole to go down, right? Um, especially if I had a few bucks and I wanted to make hundreds or thousands or millions.
1: And I see the temptation, Willie, like I've got a football club now. I've got a squad of players. Can people buy the NFT of the players and, like, own the players' NFT? And I... I, I I'm I, not gonna do it. They're like... The cons- consideration didn't even exist, but, like, in my head, I was trying to work through, well, why would you? And I can see why people do it, because it's a chance to, I think, exploit people to make money. And I And I expect this to happen through other football clubs. I expect it to happen with artists. They're not going away. I just imagine that it's going to be like a massive oversupply of these things. And we're going to get down the road, maybe four years down the line, the majority are going to be worth nothing. And there's going to be like, and maybe that's like the traditional art world. There's going to be a few big players who've done very well, like the people, and I'm sure if like some other big Mm -hmm. artists did it. But I can imagine it's like 99.9% of all the value created will go to... 1% of the artists or something and the rest will just be like this long kind of line of useless, worthless shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a standard, like they happened with the internet too, right? Um, Mm. The NASDAQ took, oh, when it, when the bubble burst in like 99, was it, was it 2001? I forget, but
1: 99,
0: it took to, it was, was it was like a, Dozen years before it came back again, and this is after the iPhone was invented. Everyone was on Twitter and Facebook. our whole mobile lives revolved around the internet. Our whole lives revolved around the internet. And it took twelve years for all that to be built um, before the real internet that was invasive into every nook and cranny of civilization and people's lives. Um, you know, and I was like valued at that in the f- in twelve years earlier when it was just you know, coupled together um home pages practically and like geo cities. So Geo City. Yeah, I could see I could see this, you know. Um you know, like when Yahoo was like, you know, two guys out of a caravan, like Creating a web page that listed <laughs> all the known web pages they'd heard of. <laughs> I mean, there were, that was when millions of dollars were being poured, and the thing was valued at. Um, you can imagine that. You know, close to like the Nasdaq. You know, <laughs> you know, decades later, and so, you know, I, I think that's 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 what we're looking at, right?
1: <laughs> imagine that in your garage with your mate, and it's like, "Oh, this new internet thing's cool. Let's create a list of all the pages we like. What should we call it? Let's call it Yahoo. Right? We're billionaires." <laughs>
0: What the fuck? Yeah, no, it was like someone knocks on the caravan and says, hey, "We want to give you a million dollars because we think there's a thing in this. And then that became Yahoo. Um, <laughs> and then all the finance guys said, how do we value this shit? You know, it was like, "Yeah, how do you value something like this? Um,
1: I mean, I don't think, look, like I, the ICO kind of died, right? It's not a thing anymore. It's a it's a poisoned word in some ways. And I know there's like similar things, and but the ICO is kind of like a poison word. It died. But I don't think NFTs will die. I just think the problem, the main problem I have with it, Willie, is like right now is a lot of this stuff, for those who don't understand the whole nature of the crypto industry, it all gets lumped in together. So if you're a Bitcoiner or you're an NFT person, you get lumped into the same, you know, get into the same bucket. I've had it with the people who are looking at my football club and they're like, they're they think i'm the same as the the people who try to buy a team by selling nfts or the fan token people i'm like no we're not i care about sound money <laughs> you don't have to buy anything we're not selling anything you are we're selling any token we're not you know and sadly we get lumped in it together and they're like i see them as two different things and that whole bitcoin not blockchain and that bitcoin not crypto thing it really stands out now
0: oh, yeah you can use well us I don't know it's like the whole the whole ecosystem is so diverse now. Um, mm. You know, you 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 could be in any, you know, I don't know. These must be like thousands of Telegram groups, all bef- before each coin for one for each coin, and the culture behind each one is co- totally different. You know, you have the scientific guys, you have the pump and dump guys, you have the, you know, I mean, he's, he's it's all sorts. It's all sorts. Every community is different, but. The maxi Bitcoin community is different from the Ethereum community too. So yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say with that, but yeah, I see it. Um, and, but you know, like, look, I've got it in front of me now, these 12,900 coins, 913 coins on CoinGecko. What's the last one? Oh, Well, there's there'll be a plural because a lot of them probably don't have a market price or something.
1: And you can usually find something for any word you can think of. Pick, think of an animal. Pick any animal. Let's see if it exists.
0: Um, a tuatara.
1: Oh fuck off, Louis.
0: Louis, there you go. <laughs> nah, off, didn't get there. There you go. Yeah, Someone go out there can do a tuatara coin.
1: Let's go um, with see so many cat coins there are. Cat token, <laughs> cat terra cat. <laughs>
0: Right. There's a lot of doggy um, ones. What was,
1: the, uh, what was, the, what was the, uh, the animal that was meant to have um, started the, the Wu-Hang virus because it kissed a bat?
0: Was it a bat? I thought it was a bat. Is it
1: a pangolin? Is it a pangolin? What the right, hell? Yeah, it was a pangolin.
0: Okay. There's definitely a PNG coin, pangolin. Let's see if there's a there's pangolin. There's a lot of pangolins. There is. There is. There is a there There's, a, there is there's a, a, two <laughs> of them. There's a pangolin, um, pangolin swap right and png which is pangolin so i imagine they're they're very related let's see see if
1: there's a coronavirus
0: oh these definitely there must be like
1: covid coin meme coins you know Um... this is why it's become so fucking yeah covid token covid slice this is why it's so fucking meaningless because like you can have a coin for everything but it's like they don't do shit they don't do shit elon you stupid fucking doggy coin he didn't help us. Yeah, that's
0: funny. it's. I mean, he's such a smart guy, but he doesn't really get crypto. He doesn't well, get crypto.
1: I think he likes to troll, and then I think he got – he didn't realize what he was doing, and then it was like double down with doggy coin, double down, double down.
0: No, when you look at, like, um, some of the deeper comments he was saying, like, we can use Layer 2. Um, uh, like, he just didn't get decentralization – what, what the vulnerabilities of when you put things on layer two is, um, is. You know, he was also talking about you just increase the block size without even considering. I think Adam Beck corrected him. You know, there are speed of light considerations which mean um, you can't have the blocks too big. You can't have the block time shorter. Um, before that, There's only a Goldilocks block zone where the whole thing falls over if you're outside of that zone. And he just didn't know all of the stuff. And... Um, and so, you know, if, he's kind of a guy that reads a stack of books on rockets and figures out how to build a rocket. And I don't think he's done the time to, um, figure out how all this stuff works.
1: Yeah. I think it's Marty Bennett says that you've got to do the work and he's not done the work, but, but I also think at the same time it was part doubling down, like to turn around and admit, yeah, I, uh, I was totally wrong about doggy coin and everyone, I, every lemming I left. I led off the off the ledge. I, I was wrong about. It. I'm very sorry. Yeah, it's just Did he it actually like say that? to do that. No, no, that's Did he me say that? like no. saying no. no, that's right. me saying what he should say, but I can't
0: see him doing that. Right. Oh, that would crash the price. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would um, it would be over yeah. for it'd be over, be over. So anyways, like for rest of the year, fun. man. What are you thinking? Like where's Willie's head at? Where's your head at?
0: What market wise, or yeah, like
1: how are you playing this man? This is the listeners are gonna be like, Willie, what am I doing, man? Am I smash buying?
0: I mean, I have a lot of people that ask me, What's my plan for the top of the bull market? because they're used to nuclear winters, right? four year cycles, and um, like my plan is always an operation, which is to take, take um, money to cash um, consistently. So I have a because I don't believe in um, bull bear four year cycles and nuclear winters. I think we're just doing more of the same. This is the second time we've gone up and we've retraced more than 50%. And then we're going up and they're just choppy. It's just choppy times. And so you don't want to be overexposed. You don't want to be all in. You don't want to be all in and then on leverage because when it pulls back 50%, you're going to be freaking out. And, um, the, there's a thing about freaking out. Is um, the most tragic thing about freaking out is not the pain of freaking out, but the loss of your IQ. <laughs> when when you're freaking out, you don't think straight and you do the stupidest things, like sell the absolute bottom, because now you've got to um, cover the pain you're under and not in the sleepless nights because you were overexposed. So um, so really, um, it's always. Like, I've always got a chunk in cash, even though maxis, you know, like us, I'm also could, could consider myself a maxi when I talk about Bitcoin as a, a monetary standard, but us maxis like to think all in and never hold that dirty sinking for it, for it. But I'm like, I'm just practical. It's like, I, I, I'm going to have this, I think it's like, well, my minimum is always have 10% in cash. Um, and that 10% in cash, I know that like that's self-preservation of my um, ability to think. (laughs) Right. So that's my strategy is is to have between 10 to 20. I probably want to ramp it even um, 20 to 30%, um, maybe even 40% in cash as we go into this year. Um, But I I would say that um, it's because like cash you can, we can currently yield on cash, and we can we can beat the monetary dilution that the Fed's printing. Um, so, like, I'm looking for high yield on USD, and honestly, that's better than real estate. <laughs> um, real estate growth. Uh, so my thing is now to go, like, two liquid buckets. One is, um, you know, crypto, Bitcoin, predominantly, um, actually, I, I, the only thing I huddle is Bitcoin. Um, and then I have stable coins that are yielding. And then I have speculative, the speculative thing called a exchange account, which holds any number of shit coins and trades or leverage instruments. Um, and that's my exposure to the exotic stuff, including altcoins. My, if I ever buy Ethereum, I'm only buying it on the exchange. Um, maybe that's maybe that's wrong. You don't cold storage it up. I never cold storage uh, unless it's like um, I'm playing DeFi. You know, then you have to use, you know, that, that Ethereum network's going to, you know, take me to the cleaners every time I <laughs> click some MetaMask wallet. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like $200 per per transaction doing some weird thing. Sort of like, oh, Sorry, some very interesting, innovative um, smart contract. No, 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 I mean it too. It's like, it's cool experiments, but God, it's... <laughs> you got to be trading like a lot of money before you, that gas fee is worth it compared to like doing something on the exchanges. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's how I, I'm playing it. I'm putting more into cash sort of, um, because I don't see us like being so cyclical and so easy to read these cycles. Like, um, who read the top, who read 69,000 and said, we're going to go to 32.9. in Nobody. the next few months. We were going Nobody, to a hundred right?
1: dude. We would go into a hundred.
0: I think it even surprised institutions who were responsible for the initial sell off. But then the whole thing went risk off even more. And then the people that were ready to step back and waited and like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, like I think just it's like uh, it's not I'm not timing it as much, um, even though I time it in the exotic exchange basket. Um, I'm I'm just like, yeah, up the cash, sit on yield. Um, And let's be honest, like, Bitcoin's not um, like doing a 2015 to 2017 ever again. That was 133x. Like the only way it's going to do that is the Armageddon, financial Armageddon, um, where you don't even care what the US dollar is worth because it's it's hyperinflated away. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so um, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm thinking longer term, like here's my cash exposure, here's my you know, investments in companies. Um here's my house, here's Bitcoin, here's cash yield, and it's just sensible allocations. Sensible for me, it's probably a bit risk on for most people. Um I'm well overexposed to tech and, and um and and Bitcoin um but it's it's um at least it's not one hundred percent Bitcoin. Um and I do want to go more um, more uh, sort of balanced. So yeah, that's that's how I see it. Like if like if I looked at the stock to flow uh, model and in the next 4 years if it plays out and we're underperforming it, and I don't think it's going to hold um, because of this new flow coming in. That's about 100% 110% annualized. And if you're in cash yield you can get from 20 to 50% annualized. So U.S. has got its place because if you're in cash yield, what's your maximum drawdown in any one month? It's positive. It's never a drawdown unless you get like, unless your instrument is highly exotic and it breaks down like um, you're yielding off a DeFi network that's like on Ethereum that just completely got hacked or something. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, like it's, we're coming to a point where bitcoin's growth going from a one trillion dollar asset class into 10 trillion um, the rate at which it's going to go um, if you're into exotic investments which you know bitcoin's kind of still in that, that basket you can still you can now sort of look into early stage VC um, early stage seed and VC baskets that can can reach that kind of performance um, like, yeah, back in the, you know, you see how the success of um, Coinbase floating for over $100 billion, that um, was an investment, was it in 2011, 2012, uh, 2012 or something? The guys that invested in Coinbase um, did not outperform Bitcoin, like, they would have got twice as much money if they just held their Bitcoin. And that was the most successful um, float we've seen so far. of. A- a Bitcoin-based, or a crypto-based company, and um, so it was always about just stay it, keep it in Bitcoin, but now we're in this phase where and 10 percent annualized in an exotic instrument. You could do that from um, VC um, if you get the right bet, and um, so, yeah, it's an interesting time. I, I don't think we're in that era now where we, how we thought about it in 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, where this thing when it goes it's, it's life changing money um, it's just a very sensible um, investment that's high volatility it's high gain and it certainly should be a part of um, most people's investment portfolio just to balance out the other things um, but it's not a, a go to the moon vehicle like one dollar turns into uh, a million um, like well, those days are over for Bitcoin uh, maybe if you got a, a, a punk and minted it for free and now it's multiple millions you know that's your vehicle for that um, and i think the kids know that right like um the young ones are, are trading these things and they're really getting into it um and i think good on them like why not like um that stuff is there
1: oh i'm not any clearer than when i started <laughs> Fuck it. who knows man i'm just gonna keep stacking sats yeah. louis Lou, I keep calling yeah. you Louie, do you know, why do I keep calling you Louie this week? I have no idea. I have no idea. Have you slept enough? It's <laughs> <Yeah, man. laughs> a little football team, no- it takes a lot of time. <laughs> Dude, literally,
0: honestly,
1: you think about it, I'm already, I was already busy enough with the fucking podcast and so now I'm doing this, it's keeping me busy. I know. But, uh you seen the shirts?
0: No, I have not. Oh, maybe I have. Show me. What is it? Like, you got one on?
1: So, no, no. So, ah, one second. I'll get it. Okay. I'll show you the whole shirt, though, because, like, I can't reveal certain things on it. But, like, this is the home shirt. Oh, the
0: sponsors. You can't, uh... Oh, the... Ugo's. No, this
1: is... The, sorry, that's the training shirt. This is the away shirt. Nice. This is the this is the, the home shirt. But, like, something called... Is, check is this the... out. On the back of each one, check this out.
0: Oh, the running orange... Running Bitcoin. Running Bitcoin. There you go. Satoshi... Are the players and- being paid in, in Bitcoin by the way? That makes me think. Is like, that part of the thing?
1: <laughs> well, they don't have to be. It's like totally optional. But one guy who's uh, I'm signing today actually, he's a Bitcoin guy, he works over at Spiral, plays football. Uh, when I announce him, he he said he wants to be paid in Bitcoin, so of course he can be and he will be. That's awesome. Uh, but we we retired the 21 shirt today for Satoshi
0: oh <laughs> okay who's that going to be
1: <laughs> nobody's ever wearing the 21 shirt dude so so listen am i
0: going to see you am i going to see you this year am i we going to get to hang out in person yeah i'm going to get i'm going to travel it's going to get i think we're already starting to plan to go to europe at least maybe the us um there's time to get moving so yeah man yeah
1: well let me know because i want to hang out i want to do a show in person
0: i would be good. I'll let you know when I'm in the neighborhood.
1: All right, man. Well, listen, smash by as you said. Keep stacking. Have some dry powder. Figure it all out, man.
0: I never said smash by, but <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, man. Well, listen, have a good that month, Louis. Right. Always good to talk to you, dude. And in the
0: next few, <laughs> next few months I'm going to see you. Okay, Bob McCormack. We'll <laughs> see you then.
1: <laughs> see you then, mate. Bye,
0: mate. Bye.
1: All right. Thanks for listening to What Bitcoin Did. If you want to get in touch, the best thing you can do is head over to my Telegram channel, or you can hit me up on my email, which is hello at whatbitcoindid.com.